<laughs> Good morning, afternoon, or evening. After that, wherever you are in the world, welcome to Death by Pod. Our little show where all we do is talk about horror movies. My name is Matt Hudson, the one who lurks in the corners at parties. And joining me as ever is the one, my wonderful co-host, the Angel of Death herself. It's Bloggy Balboas Elizabeth. How you doing, mate? Hello. I'm very, very well. I'm very well. I actually, I just sneezed there and I've got a lot of Bugenhagen's coming out my nose. <laughs> On Boom. point again. Drop the mic. Boom. Yeah, so this week's show, All About the Evil Dead again, is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bugenhagen, how have you been, mate? How's your weekend? What have you been eating today? What have I been eating? Um, I feel like every single time I do this pod, I've eaten the same thing. Oh, no, I'll tell you what I did. I um, Someone told me about a way to like poach eggs where you put them in cling film and you put them in a ramekin. Yes. And it, like, makes them... Yeah, I forgot to put the oil in, didn't I? Fuck's sake. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I, I, yeah, I balls my dinner up. <laughs> kind of lost touch of her roots. <laughs> so that that was me. What about you? What have you eaten? Do you know what I had? A, I had a proper sort of year year five dinner tonight um, because oh. I've got kids in the house, obviously. So what do you want? Sausage, chips, and beans. So I thought, well, I'll fatty some of that. So I had exactly the same. I had about four of the kits, but yeah, sausage, chippies, and beans tonight. And I, it was a whale of a time. It took me back to being a, a young lad back home, coming home from school, watching a. Uh, I don't know, Grange Hill or something, and then sitting down to me sausage, chips and beans. And The Simpsons would be on as well. So that's what I've had. So I'm full of pork product tonight. Brilliant. There we <laughs> go. I think your that's link what... into this was better, but still. Yeah. I used to have to say sausages, chips and beans when I was doing tap dancing when I was a kid. Was that to keep time or because you were just yeah, mental? I, think, I, I don't know. No, I think they definitely made me say it. I could be wrong, though. I just remember going sausages, chips. Some beans and like smacking my feet. Trousers. Oh well, that's, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. Again, these links are getting weirder and weirder. So, uh, guys, did you have any weird things when you did dancing or sports as a kid? Let us know. Did you say sausage chips or beans? Or was Blocky just made the whole thing up? Um, I think I know which way I land. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Blocky's mentioned old Boogan Hagen. If you know, uh, if you know the film, you know what we're talking about. If you've seen the title of this episode. You already know what we're talking about. Bloggy, what are we talking about tonight, mate? We're talking about The Omen. Whoop. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was directed by... Am I, am I doing this whole thing now? Absolutely. I'm doing it all now, aren't I? It was directed by Richard Donner, and it was released on June the 6th, 1976. Boom. It's nearly 666, isn't it? Actually, is it? yeah, you're right. Actually, you know, it is the 6th day of the 6th month of the 76th year. Because the remake was made on 6th of the 6th, 2006. Oh, that's a bit of trivia there. It is a bit of trivia. I'm getting it in really early just to keep people, like, gripped. <laughs> gripped. See, I didn't know um, that, actually, bit of trivia there. I, that hadn't dawned on me, that, so thanks, mate. Oh, a little omen tidbit for you. Nice one. Um, so it stars Gregory Peck, who plays Robert Bourne. You've got Lee Remick playing Catherine Thorne. David Warner playing Keith Jennings. Uh, Billy, I'm sure that you say Billy White. Is it Billy Whitelaw or Billy Whitlaw? I Billy Whitelaw. Let's go Whitelaw because that's how it's spilt. Yeah, and she's Mrs. Baylock. And then we've got Harvey Stevens as Damien Thorne, the little bastard himself. <laughs> that's how he speaks if he spoke. It is, yeah. That would be how he'd speak. He would say, oh, should Jesus, wouldn't he? He'd say a lot worse than that. You know, possessed kids nowadays. <laughs> then again, he is the literal second coming of Christ. Uh, the Antichrist, sorry. 
Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> he's, he's, I have seen this film. <laughs> Antichrist. As per spoiler warning, if you haven't seen The Omen 1976 or the 2006 one, but to that. If you haven't seen The Omen, go and watch it now. Come back and listen to us and see how much you agree with us or if we're just talking cobblers, but I do think you're going to agree with us, hopefully. So yeah, spoiler warning, you have been warned. So what we do on Death by Pod, for those who are new to the show, is we basically just have a chat. It's fairly loose, but we will talk about what we did like, what we didn't like um, along the way. Uh, but again, one more time, there will be spoilers. So to kick it off with Bloggy, The Omen, 1976. Uh, is this a film we've seen many times? And do you actually like this film? Yeah, I've seen it quite a few times. Um, I, li- I like it. It's sort of like a place second fiddle to The Exorcist for me, <laughs> but I do enjoy it. No, fair enough. This, uh, I, I was reading up, up about this film, because again, I've seen this quite a, few, quite a fair few times now. And it got unfairly compared, or quote unquote, unfairly compared to that film yeah. a lot back then. I can see why, but at the same time, it's not. There are sort of similarities, kid, but that aside, maybe atmosphere to a point, but I'm not entirely sure it should be compared to that film. But no, I, I like this film. Um, Blogging All Balboa sent me a message earlier on off air, which kind of, which I dug, it vibed with me a lot, basically saying this film hasn't aged well, and re watching it on Saturday night. I was looking at it thinking, it's not how I remember. And I don't mean that negatively, but a lot of the scenes, I was like, hmm, it's a lot slower, but not in a good way, like more sort of more pondering. And certain effects, which I thought back in the day were actually quite good, now stand out a bit more. And I don't know if that's just a test of time or my eyes or maybe me just being cynical, but uh, there were some parts which stood out for me. But again, this was 1976. But no, I I enjoyed this film. I, I thought it was pretty decent. So on when, when you last saw it, did you... Did you uh, did you enjoy it more than before, or were you a bit like me? You were like, hmm, I'm picking things out more more now. I think I've always found it quite slow. Mm-hmm. Um, just I've found it just a bit of a slow burner. Um, but I think just for me, it's it's all about Billy Whitelaw, isn't it? I yeah. think that's she, she's kind of and and obviously the dogs, but the idea of Damien and himself, he's not he's not the pull for me. No, it's, it's Mrs. Baylock, the evil Bale. bit. She's wild, isn't she? <laughs> she literally beautiful. looks like a reanimated corpse. It's brilliant. Sorry, Billy Whitelaw, <laughs> who was a very attractive young lady. But um, she is, yeah, she is brilliant casting. <laughs> yeah, she's actually dead now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mia she, Farrow she took her place. She can't hear your apologies. Um, if I shout yeah, no. to the floor. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she's just... Uh, I think one of, one of the things that... Uh, I, I watched this with my boyfriend, and he said that her whole face is just completely still apart from a massive mouth <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't quite notice it until he pointed it out and i was like geez because i she's also in a lot of Catherine cooks and period dramas that right. i enjoy and she plays like a sort of lovable sort of like adopted mum kind of wow. you know and she's lovely she's honestly and i it's really hard and she's in the water babies as well which i used to watch a lot as a kid and then you see her in this and it's like well, that's slightly and you're different. And you're like, oh, to be fair, she was quite freaky in the Water Babies, but not as freaky as this. No, I see what you mean though about um, her face not moving because uh, because a lot of this film it focuses on people's eyes. There's a lot. Richard Donner has so many tight shots of just people's eyes, and mm. Mrs. Mrs. Baylock, Billy White, has got like horribly scary eyes, like really creepy eyes. But her face, it's true. She literally has like her big eyes the whole time. Doesn't matter what she's being asked to do or the the uh, tone of how she's being spoken to the whole time. She's got big eyes, 
And yeah, the literally just the lower half of her face moves. It's such good casting. And actually, I think Harvey and Harvey Stevens. I think he was, I guess, yeah, for what he had to do, which was essentially look evil or look angry. I thought he was quite imposing. Actually, I thought he was pretty good, especially as child actors go. I'm famously like a lot of people think child actors are a bit tedious at times. Again, for whoever's yeah. thought that may be, but I thought Harvey Stevens was, you know, pulled, scowled a lot and looked angry quite well. Oh, he's got that creepy smile down to a T, isn't he? Yeah, he looks like my brother, Sean, when he was the same age. <laughs> he does as well. But if you're listening, you know I'm telling the truth. Look, get, uh, Share your baby photos on Twitter with, with clothes on and you'll see what I mean. Oh, God. Have you got a picture of him next to like a Rottweiler or something that we can have, have some you ever, Have you ever heard of Photoshop? Oh, do it. Seriously. So you need, yeah, so you need to have your brother, you need to have Billy Whitelaw and just a massive... <laughs> Massive, dirty, great Rottweiler. Dribbling at the thought. The Rottweiler, not me. Yes, right, <laughs> I'll get on that. And um, obviously you mentioned Gregory Peck. It was a big deal getting him in the film in the first place because you know, Academy Award winning uh, Atticus Finch himself, Gregory Peck. Uh, he came on because the film was sold to him more but as a thriller or like a psychological type film rather than a straight up horror. And Lee Remick as well, uh, I think she's an Academy Award winner, was, mm. was very good. David Warner looks like every sort of 60s keyboard player out there 1960s keyboard player uh, with that wonderful <laughs> like, mod hair of his so yeah I think casting wise is pretty good so um, about the film itself then what do you like about it what do I like about it um, I, while I say it's, it's a slow burner I, I do like the, the slowness of it it's mm-hmm. um, it, it just it really really draws you in and you, you do kind of feel like you feel their pain like you feel like god what are you gonna do you've literally got like the devil baby living in your house <laughs> quite scary and for and he comes with baggage he comes with a creepy nanny you know a, all sorts of dead people behind him and some dogs which are terrifying so i'm, I'm i was happy with it to be honest i just think it's um I think it's a classic, isn't it? Yes, the problem is it, it can be hard sometimes to talk about classic films because a film like The Omen, which when it came out, wasn't revered as a classic. Lots of people thought it was good, but there's just many people thought it was a bit schlocky and a bit naff. And over time, it's become a classic. Uh, not long after, but you know, not when it was released, it wasn't held up quite so much as it is now because so many people hold these films at high esteem that you almost feel like it's heresy to say anything bad about it. But no, I mean, I... I like most of this film. To be honest, there are parts, yes, that are a bit schlocky or just a bit like odd, like the choices they make going on, which we'll probably mention later on. But um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty good. And yeah, the idea of just having like the Antichrist in the film as a young child, I think is a great little twist rather than just having a grown-up man as we saw in the subsequent sequels. But I thought it, I thought it worked really well when the idea that the Antichrist would be born into politics or would be would use politics as his gain was a good idea as well. It wasn't just a uh, the Antichrist coming in just wreaking have havoc and just blowing up the world. It was systematic. It was going to take over the world via power and politics. So I like I like that. I also really like the score. I've got to say that right now. I thought the score, which I think lots of people say that, but Jerry Goldsmith's score was just like brutally effective. Yeah, yeah, it is really. Odd. There's something about that kind of like religious sounding stuff that it just it doesn't it doesn't make me think of god mm-hmm. and that's probably because of this film it just yeah the, the the sort of like singing in latin and 
yeah, music. Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on your iPod, mate. Uh, no, it's not. It's definitely not. It's not going to be my alarm in the morning or anything, you know. You say that, but if your man is listening, he's quickly setting it up now. Oh, he better not be. <laughs> what, listening or setting it up? <laughs> both. both. Poor sod. No, um, you know, I, liked, I like the fact there's a, sl- a slower film and there's a lot of good moments in this film, which going back to rewatch, I was like, that is badass, some of the bits were. Some of the bits looked a bit naff, but I mean, even right at the beginning, like the birthday scene, when the nanny hangs herself, oh, like, look at me, it's it's all for you, and then just flings herself out of the wind, window. I was like, wow, because before that, I was thinking, look how wicked this party is, and there's all these other kids there, and their parties must be shit in comparison. They've got like a fun affair <laughs> and everything going on. And then, then you get the dog coming in. And what I didn't get was um, Kathy, Lee Rembrandt's character, she sees the nanny, po- the, pose- the nanny who hangs herself, she's posing for a picture with a photographer, and she goes over and she's like, no, no, I'll take him from here. I was like, I didn't quite understand that because then the nanny wanders off, uh, makes eye contact with the dog and obviously goes and throws, hangs herself in the window. But I never understood why Kathy Thorne was quite so um, against her having a photograph with, 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 with Damien. I don't know. I got, I got the impression that she's... Um, she, it was very strange, actually, and that's something that I did just want to talk about was the whole dynamic of you know Robert and Kathy mm-hmm. and Damien but you know at one point she's smoozing and she's fine but then as soon as she sees the photographer with another woman having a picture with him it's almost like I think because they say like he's going to pit brother against brother and everyone's going to be against one another and it just made me think like oh my god has he made her get jealous mm-hmm. yeah so uh, to free up the nanny because obviously he told the nanny to kill herself that's how I interpreted it makes as much sense my much as my understanding of which i have no idea so um it's it's feasible especially considering what goes on in the rest of the film um and it would make sense as well yeah i think i think he made the mum jealous so the nanny could go and hang herself and then mrs baylock can come in and start you know being all evil that's why she's an esteemed writer not me (laughs) she sees these things (laughs) but i just found the whole thing just the whole relationship between Rob and Kath really, really weird. Like, Go on. in a, it just in like a, in a kind of a modern context, if you want to think about it, she says later on in the film, you know, I'm, I'm going nuts and I need to see a doctor because there's something not right. Mm-hmm. And he goes to see the doctor and the doctor says, she's having all these wild fantasies. She doesn't even think this kid's hers. And at that point, he should have gone, okay, all right, there's something going on. And then it's like, oh, she's pregnant. And no, I'm not going to let her have an abortion and blah, blah, blah. He's like just gaslighting his own wife. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you nutter. Go and see the doctor. Of course, this is our child. There's nothing wrong with him. And it's like, you've known this whole time that it's not it's not your kid, mate. What are you doing? And then he mentioned, mentioned the abortion. He's like, I will do everything in my power to put a stop to this. I was like, I'm sure you well, can yeah. do, mate, <laughs> to be honest. It's not very pro-choice, the American ambassador, is he? No, and he was He's 19 like, years older than his wife. Is... <laughs> it's been foretold, <laughs> and I will do everything. But at, at that point, as her doctor, I'd have been like, "May I suggest a divorce? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> counseling first. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, point. Yeah. marriage counseling. Sorry, yeah, you shouldn't just. Well, because before that, right at the beginning of the film, when when they move into their new house, they they have it. It's really nice, and they go for walks in the country. I think it's Hampstead Heath 
go for walks. Oh, yeah, that happened like really idyllic walks. <laughs> it was really, and the music was really oh, lovely. I was man, like, it's lovely. Yeah. And then he says to her, you might be too sexy for the White House. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and that's like the first thing that's a really bad bit of dialogue and I was like oh they're, they're you know this guy really loves his wife and then I know I know the whole point was you, and it is actually done like really well their descent into utter madness and Gregory Peck as he goes on um, Robert Thorne descends into obviously by the end just nihilistic madness but um, yeah he's like you're too sexy for the White House and then like should we go and check the bedroom and then I was like oh this is what kind of film am I watching I love the bit where he should, because uh, we were having a proper laugh about that last night as well, because I was like, am I too sexy for the White House? I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> well, I bet the toilets cleaning, so come on. Yeah, <laughs> get, get back in the kitchen, tarts, eh? That's it, bloody <laughs> know your role, sit down. <laughs> we don't condone misogynistic like... people on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> We don't, we don't condone this at all. Um, but no, it was the bit where he like waves at the nanny, waves at Damien, like shuts the window, and then he's like, "Well, I'm going to have sex with you on your it's... fur coat." And my boyfriend was just like, "What about all the other windows?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it turns around, he's got a raging lob on with no pants or pants on. He's like, "Great, <laughs> nobody can see us now with these eight windows open." And that was also that that was the other thing that I thought was really strange as well, is that when he says, Oh, you know, I've been I'm the ambassador or whatever, she's got Damien in her hands or whatever, and then she's just like, What? And just shoves the kid onto some guy, like take like like a tea towel, basically. <laughs> like a rugby throw. Off you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah they go from lo- lovable rogues to well yeah, how they end up quite quickly in a slow film. But I thought their actual descent was handled actually really well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Naff dialogue aside, at points. Naff, yeah, naff, naff dialogue. Well, because it, it it was kind of like um, brought on by that mental gibberish priest who just couldn't seem to. He's like, "You've got five minutes," and he was like, "On the first day, he said, let there be light,' and it's he was mental. like, get on with it.' And it's like, dude, just tell him, just tell him that his son's the devil. You must accept Christ as your savior. Spitting all over him." Yeah, I know. It's just like, take his flesh, take his flesh. It's like, I don't want your flesh. Like, like, why are you in my office? He's like, sir, <laughs> this, this is Asda, sir. Can you just watch out? He's like the most like, sinister looking priest I've ever seen as well. I know. He doesn't look like the kind of priest I'd want my kid to be christened with. <laughs> no. He really doesn't. Like, you're not going over Father Bailey's house tonight. <laughs> yeah, his eyebrows are far too bushy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're made even bushier by that big, uh, what was it like? Just like windstorm. That's it, a, a lightning over. conductor. Yeah, I love that scene. Uh, that's one of the ones which, upon further inspection, I was like, right, well, they've literally, they've literally have to put the pole behind his jacket and coming out the bottom of his jacket. But still, the actual idea of it was great. That um, I love that. I love that scene. It's like the idea of this, and how it's shot as well, and the idea that he's trying to get into his church. Um, the church obviously the church is closed. It's almost like it's almost like God won't let him in, and then but the <laughs> no, bit no, that, no. The bit that, <laughs> that who's your God now? The bit that got me was when the lightning conductor comes down. He does a kind of like Austin Powers moment where he's screaming for like five yeah. seconds before it hits him, and, and like one step to the side and he'd be fine. Yeah, it, I always thought that. I was like, why don't you just stay as close to the door as possible? <laughs> yeah, just get away. You can see it just, coming. Just, yeah. But, um, no, it was I, I like that scene. 
I liked um I I did like I thought the bit where he keeps like processing the, the photos and he keeps seeing like but I just love the fact that he's like father and he just keeps turning around and just accepting the fact that this rando is taking a picture of him. And he's, he's he's like he, he drops his shoulder at one point as well, a catwalk model, it's great. Mm, yeah, he does, yeah. Is that after the rugby match? Yeah. He's like father and he's like, Yes. <laughs> when he starts pouting and rubbing his hair, yeah. Oh, look, squirrel. <laughs> that was very quaint as well with the rugby match. I quite enjoyed that because in, in, I mean, in the sequels, it's all set in America and they use NFL, but it was great to see a bit of ruggers on there. Um, yeah, the the, the, uh, the f- uh, photography developing bit, sorry. Yeah, no, I just, I, I always think it's, I hate bits in, a, I think that was Shutter. Not, not the one that was remade with that guy from Dawson's Creek, the original, <laughs> where they're like, they're in the dark room and they're like looking at all the pictures and then all this freaky shit starts happening. And I just think there's something, obviously it's a dark room, so it's going to be scary. Mm. But imagine if you were that photographer and you keep, you just keep seeing all these pictures and then you take that one of yourself and you're like, I'm going to get decapitated. <laughs> I'm going to get decapitated. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But I think the most sensible thing to do is to align myself with the man who's in the centre of all of this yeah. and go to Rome with him. Yeah, yeah, and go, 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 not even just go to Rome, but end up going like scavenging through cemeteries, which look ominously like sound stages. Uh, cemeteries yeah, to, un, to like, dig up bodies. Yeah, the body of a potentially of a dead baby. <laughs> yes, which was a uh, that was pretty morbid. Yeah, that was pretty morbid. I did, I did like the bit, uh, well, I didn't like the bit, but I found it quite funny when he obviously realises that they've, like, they bricked his baby and then he just didn't, he stands there for ages going, murderers, murderers, murderers. Murderers. <laughs> I'm glad murderers. you suffered, perfects it by saying, actually, I don't find that bit funny. It's the way they bricked his dead baby. He's like, oh, after last week when you are talking about, let's talk about dead babies or whatever it was. Let's talk about death babies. That's it. Evil dead. That's it. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't dead babies. You. So, you went there. So I, was, I was worried that that's what it was going to be. I was like, no, we're not ready for this. We're not ready for this. Would you? Would you like a little piece of trivia just to break up the dead baby talk? Uh, yes. The film was going to be called The Birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I love these alternate titles because most of them are always so ass like that. But have, imagine if we're sitting there now, oh, oh mate, did you see the birthmark last night? Does not carry any kind of levity. Where uh, wait, sorry. Whereas, oh, did you see the omen last night? The, just the title alone carries like an aura almost. The omen, the birthmark. This doesn't work. I'm just imagining, like you know, it's it's released 1976. She's a cheerleader. She's got a hairy birthmark. She's got to overcome adversity. The birthmark. Uh, or it could just be a comedy. Yeah, I don't. I, I, my mine is more like a like an emotional drama. My mum is funny. Sometimes, sometimes more things than birthmarks leave a mark, and it's like her getting bullied, and she's like, "Oh, don't." Well, mine could be, yeah, a birthmark in a in a comic in a comic place, and he has to uh, no no one will go no girl will go near him because of the birthmark, and eventually someone <laughs> takes him. As if somebody, 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 somebody loves him and because of the birthmark, and that's it. They they accept him, birthmark or not. That's, that sounds that sounds like a really good movie. This we derailed this conversation, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the birthmark. 
I d- also it he he trims away his hair and then all of a sudden like I just would have thought you'd have need to have shaved that to see the birthmark. Um, would that not have caused more? Would that have woken the boy up? Yeah, it would have. Woke, well, everyone wakes up anyway, though, didn't they? She was never gonna stay asleep. Oh, Baylock, Baylock was watching him pretty much. Yeah. Open, yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, she is creepy when she was not not possessed as such, but like possessed or consumed by anger. She was furiously scary. Mm. That woman was. Imagine that leaping out at you in the dark. Um, yeah, they the whole six 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 thing. I'm like, I, I like that. Obviously, part of me thinks surely somebody would have noticed it before. But um, the actual premise itself, just to jump back to that, I really quite like the premise that you know uh, whether they were high ranking officials or not, but. Couple has a child. Obviously, tragedy strikes, and then the and then like the husband is like basically lies to his wife, takes another another kid, an orphanage child with no history or no background, and just masquerades him as his own kid with the with the help of the church. I think that is actually quite a compelling story. Um, I mm. so because in terms of the synopsis, I really really like that. And then you mentioned obviously he's gaslighting his wife the whole time, so they've got that side of it. I do think they could have maybe made more of the fact that the kid wasn't theirs or there was more of a suspicion going forward. Yeah, well, because, I mean, I, I was looking at him and I was thinking, like, weird, and it, I, I actually did think, well, bloody typical bloke, he hasn't thought about the fact that this kid's probably got different coloured eyes. He's, you know, nothing like him. All sorts of things. Yeah, it's, and there was, the, there was that bit as well where she goes, of course Damien's okay, we're both beautiful people. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh. And I was like, "Oh, all right then." Yeah. But no, I mean, it just—it just wouldn't happen. Like you'd—you'd you'd definitely be consulting with your wife. Like, okay, just had a stillborn. Uh, do you want to take on this kid who's clearly not a newborn and is about two months old and has a full head of hair? Looks <laughs> nothing like either of us. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, he was obviously late. I mean, that was, <laughs> yeah, that would be naff horror movie they actually just be like right this is what's happened should we be sensible yes directed by Richard Donner it wouldn't really sell <laughs> but um, no yeah I guess in- well, no, it might there'd, there'd be all the kind of like emotional like I know it's not my child but it's supposed to be my child but there's something wrong with this adoptive freak that we've got like you know like that something like that anyway yeah okay yeah. no fair enough that's, that's true actually um, you know yeah I, I like the idea I think they, I would have liked to have seen them or Kathy especially kind of not not do investigations and all that crap like they do further films, but have more of like an inkling or a sense of like as 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 her fate becomes clearer or or closer. Sorry, just some sort of inkling that hold on, this child isn't mine. And I guess maybe you could say that unknowingly. Uh, um, she knew that quietly and just didn't have to say it out loud for us guys because like modern audiences need things spelled out to them. Maybe maybe that's what they were going for. They were basically. So telling us, look, she knows that ain't her kid by the end, but we're just not going to spread it out for you. Um, I would have, I would have liked maybe seen a little bit more, more of that. Um, I like the, uh, I like, I like the, the cemetery scene. I actually thought that was quite terrifying because I'm shit scared of getting attacked by dogs. Um, one of my favourite quotes in the whole film was when um, they're surrounded by the dogs, and it's Keith Jennings, the photographer. He says, "Don't run." And then literally five seconds later, he just, he, he, it was him running off going, run! But it wasn't played for laughs. <laughs> it was like they'd completely forgotten that five seconds earlier. He was like, don't run because, you know, it will raise their ire. Before you know it, he's, he's legged it. 
Perhaps he was thinking, if I tell him not to run, I'll get a good head start yeah. and they'll eat him instead. There'll be two fools to come after me. Oh, it's really funny, though, because that's, that's the bit that um, my mum doesn't like the exorcist and my dad doesn't like the omen, and it's apparently because of the dogs. Dog. Didn't like that dog. Didn't like the dogs. Oh, well, I don't like. I don't mind Rottweiler. I mean, they've got a bad rep, but I, this film doesn't do anything for me or anyone who doesn't like dogs. Yeah, it didn't do anything for my dad either. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mister Howlett. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was wasn't wasn't a fan of the big dogs. What did they? They didn't. Oh no, they did, didn't they? They they sort of got a few chunks out of them, didn't they? Before. Oh they yeah, they got more so um, Jennings. Yeah, he was on the floor at one point, has been mauled, and um, Gregory Pet Robert Thorne jumped over the fence, but then caught his arm in the fence. I think got like, got caught on it, like stuck on it, and they had to be priced off it oh jeez so the fence did more damage to him we've all been there (laughs) yeah a couple of beers trespassing late at night whoops dogs dogs come out well I've got another bit of trivia for you on that go on apparently um, there was like and I I don't know how true this is because it's literally just like a Google sweep it wasn't I haven't like verified this Hmm. But apparently there was loads of mysterious occurrences that happened on the set and yeah, after yeah. filming. And one of them is that the the dogs bit through someone's protective clothing, even though that's supposed to be like impossible and really hurt them. Interesting. I knew that there was, I watched a documentary because I got a DVD. Um, yes, DVD still a thing. And I watched the film and I was like, oh, it flashed up to the main screen I was like, and it said special features. Oh, what's on there? Documentaries and all that. And one of them was, yeah, the curse of the birthmark, I mean, the omen. And it was <laughs> it was the cast and crew, basically, or more the crew, talking about those, those things, like the strange occurrences. And obviously Richard Donner, the director, is like, it's all bullshit, basically. None of it. You know, certain things happen, but because of the nature of the film, people just talk about it. But then there are others who fully believed it. But I didn't hear about that one. There was yeah, there was loads of like I'm sure I read as well that like, I don't know if it was if it was Gregory Peck or one of the others, but their their son had like killed themselves, oh, and they were like, oh yeah, you should go you should go and do this film because it would be good for you to like just immerse yourself in your work and stuff. What the Omen? Yeah, because he, he, I think it was when you said that he wasn't going to do it because I think they approached um, Roy Schneider. Schneider yes, they did. Schneider, Roy Schneider, yeah. Guy, they, yeah. They approached him for it and um, he was like, nah, and Gregory Peck wasn't going to do it. And I think it's because his kid died. This is a very strange film to take. I mean, everyone handles things differently, but that's a weird film to take on if that is yeah, the Yeah, yeah, it was his son. So, wow. yeah, it was, and he died... I reckon that he died in 1975, so that can't be right. It's obviously bullshit trivia, but this is what, yeah, 1976 this film was, yeah. Yeah, so it couldn't have been. It has been a fairly quick turnaround on getting the film made, but especially if it came out in June, so. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, no, I definitely read it that he did, his agent said, like, oh, it would be good for you to just immerse yourself in your work. And he was like, okay, I'll do this Omen film then. I'll do the birthmark. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but I'm grieving. Oh. And I just thought, this is probably the worst film. And the guy that did the special effects for the bit where um, uh, the photographer guy gets decapitated. Yeah. 
he then he then went somewhere else immediately afterwards and got fucking decapitated. No way. Yeah. No way. Well, with that that well, to be, I've never heard of that one. I, I reckon that's the kind of thing you would have heard of if it is true. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I would. Uh, what did you think of that decapitation thing? That's another one that's fairly famous within the film. Probably one of the most, other than like the hanging scene, one of the most famous things. Um, because they shot that a few times because they wanted to make the audience give them that sense of they know what's coming, but they wanted to hold it off for as long as possible, apparently. But what do you think of that scene, mate? Yeah, I thought that was... Um, it was actually quite shocking when you see his head just topple off like that because they sort of do it in slow-mo, don't they? Yeah, and a different and then camera they do like a, Yeah, then they do like a, you know, a montage shot of like all, all different angles and you kind of think like, whoa... I've just found the I've just found the thing. Oh, go on. So it's on mental floss, so it's probably not true. <laughs> After the film wrapped, special effects director John Richardson and his assistant moved on to film A Bridge Too Far. While filming in the Netherlands, they were in a serious car accident. Ah, oh, Richardson survived, but Liz Moore, who was his assistant and also worked on the omen was decapitated and this is especially eerie because he did the decapitation scene in the omen that makes a bit more sense obviously not it makes a bit more sense but it's like still horrible it's still pretty horrible and a zookeeper was killed at the safari park uh the day after they filmed the baboon scene um Richard Donner's hotel was bombed by the IRA the day after they shot the safari park scene. It's odd how many coincidences come up in these kind of films. Yeah, and I think that because they did that a lot, didn't they, where they, they would just release loads of rubbish to give the film more hype. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could behead it. I mean, I guess that came with Liz Moore. That's after the film. And I have just looked at, looked on the old Googlies, and it's true, yeah. The head-on collision beheaded more. But left Richardson alive, but dazed. I imagine it's slightly more than dazed, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's true. But yeah, that's weird. I, some films do make up some some things. There was a couple, especially newer films, make up, and I'm not, not kind of like Blair Witch, where they set their market on it because that was wildly successful. But some films just make things up. Yeah, it's weird. They they also said as well that. Um... Uh, the whole crew was supposed to get on a plane to do like an aerial shot and then they decided that they were going to do it on another day and then it turns out the plane they did, they were supposed to get on, it had a massive crash and everyone on it died. See, that's they're the kind of thing just bend my head because that's not the sort of thing that happens every day. Well, that's Final Destination, isn't it? it? It's proper Devon Sawyer jobby. It is, it is very much so. I can't find anything else about this suicide thing, so I don't think that it's true. I hadn't heard of that one before, and I just all I heard about was Gregory Peck took took some convincing to do the film because it wasn't in his wheelhouse. He didn't want to do a horror film, and that's why they that's why Richard Donner quite rightly sold it to him that it isn't actually a straight up horror film. It is more to do with yeah these people and their descent into um, dep- the, the depression and like almost like, almost like the depths of insanity psychological film rather than horror I hadn't heard about any other aspects it might, not to say there isn't but I just oh, oh. oh no go on bloody disgusting have re- reported that two months before filming Gregory Peck's son committed suicide there were like yeah he was just a little bit tender about everything and then obviously he's got to try and murder his own son 
and obviously the nanny like kills herself so there's a lot of like stuff going on in this film that probably wasn't too which might be why he gave such a good sort of emotional maybe but what kind of agent reads this script and is like this is so this seems like the sort of thing that will get you over such horrible tragedy i think they just said like well just just carry on I guess. He's a man of the 70s, after all. I guess. Wasn't allowed to have emotion, was no, he? No, he wasn't, no. Gregory Peck's a man's man. Uh, but no, he was really yeah. good in this film. But yeah, bloody hell. It's on bloody disgusting, so yeah, believe I believe that. Rather than, Must be true. Know, anybody, anybody, most yeah. other people. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, well, that decapitation scene was... I liked that scene, and now obviously the real-life hell behind it is slightly like, sad. But um, the scene itself is good. I mean, I like the way that they... They do tele- telegraph, obviously, when the person gets out of the car, knocks the handbrake off, and then you have to watch watch the truck as it goes towards Jennings, and you know what's coming. He doesn't, and he looks too soon, because originally they were going to drop something on him from above and oh, okay. cut his head off or something yeah, like that. But they, but they couldn't do it. They, I think it was Richardson himself said they could not make it look good because the, the glass just kept moving in. As, as it came down, it wouldn't just come down and like straight it was moving, flexing in the wind, and it just looked stupid. And it was, and then they came out of that idea, and yeah, it's a. I think it's a great scene. And like you say, the way that they, you said it on one of, one of the other shows that they force you to watch something which you don't particularly want to. It's like, for, okay, yeah. he's got his head cut off, but let's watch it from this angle. Let's watch it. It's like it's like a football replay. Let's watch it in <laughs> slow motion. Let's watch it from a different angle. Let's get someone else's perspective on it. I liked that. They, they really went in because there's a big special effect in the film. And yes, his body clearly looks like a dummy, but still, it's a big special effect. And I think they kind of, that's, to me, that's why they went all in with it because I think they went all in with the special effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like that bit on uh, The Simpsons where Milhouse is playing Fallout Boy and he's like, but we've got to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. He's like, no! Simpsons it is reference. just like Simpsons reference every time. <laughs> it is just like shot after shot after shot after shot of just yeah, and then you see it like at the end with his little crumpled body on the floor, and he's Gregory Peck's all like, oh god. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Well, doesn't he sort of just grab his face and just start clawing at it? Yeah, he just grabs his face and just goes like. Yeah, what else would you do? I suppose, yeah. You would, yeah. Well, you'd start to feel personally attacked, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's not just like. It's not a coincidence anymore. Someone's murdered my kids, given me this sort of defective devil child who I want to give back, but I can't because everyone in the hospital mysteriously died. And the hospital and the burnt down. Left. All the records have gone. Yeah. And let's not forget, before Jennings got his loaf lopped off, Kathy died as well because she got she got knocked off of the banister by Damien, obviously Mrs. Baylock, and him had the shining mm. moment. As I speak, speaking of the shining, three years before, four years before the shining came out. Little Damien's on that um, on that little bike tricycle thing of his. So um, yeah, they, they Kubrick nicked it from Donna. He, she, Kathy gets knocked off the balcony, and you got that great shot of the there's a goldfish bowl hitting the floor, and then she does yeah. because we find out she's pregnant, even though she can't um, she can't conceive. And then we see her hit the floor. She's in hospital. Robert's like gets to Rome right now because of obviously he's what he's found out. And then Mrs. Baylock comes out of the shadows in her hotel room. And this is, this is what I mean. That shot is one of the most sinister shots I've seen in a long time. Just her. Yeah. And then you've got Kathy with the, which well, is trying to get herself undressed. She's almost like, almost like a veil over her face. She looks angelic, pure white. And then coming out of the shadows is like the devil herself. And 
that was such a good scene. I know even now I'm still surprised that they threw Kathy off a pregnant Kathy off a off a, off the top of a what's the word over the banister, and then mm. and then they threw her out of a window and killed her. Yeah, you just don't see yeah, it nowadays, which I, which I like as a story beat <laughs> in films. You don't see nowadays. You don't see enough of it nowadays. You don't see enough of women getting a shit kicked out of them nowadays. You know what I mean? And then dying. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? See that? And like, that's like one of the major characters is being offed two thirds of the way through the film. Um, but they build up to that quite nicely. With like, it's what I said earlier on about her sort of slowly realizing that something really isn't right here. And it kind of culminates in that moment, like the look on her face again, the close up of her eyes and Mrs. Baylock's eyes are brilliantly done by Richard Donner. I think he does a really good job of this film. But yeah, that scene came before the Jennings scene. So Gregory Peck's character is now having to deal with the fact that his kid's an absolute nutcase. Uh, everybody's dying around him. All these weird coincidences. His wife, pregnant wife has died. Jennings has died. And he, and before Jennings dies, he's laying on the bed uh, Robert Thorne and he says um, Kathy's dead I want Damien to die too which for me is like the sheer madness of that statement shows how far he's gone where he's just literally like I want this six year old boy to die as well and then yeah. and then Jennings dies and the, and that's when you know he's lost it yeah it's like his whole like his whole world just literally comes crashing down mm-hmm. as soon as that trike hits the hits the step ladder you're like oh she's because you you can you can see it's like with the with the close ups of the eyes and then as she's tinkering about with the flowers and then it's Damien going round and around and around in a circle and and that's the only time that Billy Whitelaw it almost looks like she's biting her lip it's kind of like this is kind of sexualized like yeah I can I can see what you're planning this is the moment yeah I, I, yeah and I because I, I don't I don't think it's her that tells him I think it's him that says to her. Open the door, Mrs. Baylock, because I'm just going to go and casually murder my mum. Like, <laughs> well, she's protecting him here, yeah, so he's got the power more. She's just tuned into it. Yeah, I mean, it just did like her, her like some of her first lines when she walks into his room, and she's like, "Do not be afraid, child. I am here to protect thee." And then the door just shuts, but no one's touched the door, and you're like, "Ah, this woman's bad news." And she just, um, the, the, yeah, the bit where she's she's. I remember that from because I think I watched this when I was relatively young, mm-hmm. and I do seem to remember that she she was trying to get her clothes on and she couldn't and her clothes were stuck. That's it. And it's that it's the fact that she died, but she couldn't quite see properly for some reason. It just reminded me of you know like a nightmare where you you're trying to you can't see properly or you can't run or it was to me it was like that. Mm-hmm. That's nothing worse. At least if she'd have, if she'd had. If she'd have been able to get her clothes on, it would have been okay. But the fact that she had something over her face, it just made her seem even more helpless. Like, she can't even get dressed by herself. So how on earth is she gonna? Is she gonna brock the Baylock? Because she just can't. <laughs> can't brock the Baylock sounds did, like a wicked game show. The Baylock. I did, I did like the fact that she landed through the went through the ambulance, the roof of the ambulance, and landed on the on the bed. Yeah. I thought that was great. Well placed bed, but yeah. She's she's, she's already went. They, they don't even need to like you know move the corpse or anything. It's already there. It's ready to go straight to the. Put mall. a sheet over this woman. That's what I need to do. <laughs> That's it. No, yeah, I I just love this. Uh, love the idea, the impact of the scene because 
the first time I saw this film, I was like... Pun, pun intended? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thwack of this scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really tore through the roof. The bloody bludgeoning in part of this scene. I um, Because the first time I watched it, when she got thrown off the balcony, I was like, and, and I was like, oh, she's dead, she's gone. And then obviously it's quite quickly um, announced that she isn't gone, she's still alive. I was like, okay, right. That was the kind of near miss and she's going to make it through. And then she doesn't. And that's kind of like that, like one, two, where it, the blind side, where I had no idea that the first time I saw it, no idea that that was coming. But no, you know, that's yeah. what I mean about in fil- certain films, like films like this nowadays, you don't always get that kind of like blindsided shot. It'd be like in the uh, the Conjuring uh, films, if like the first film, if um, Fear of Farmiga's character just, you know, bit the dust two thirds of the way through out of nowhere. It'd be like that kind of like, <gasps> the f- where's that come from? But works for me those kind of things because it means it shows there's stakes anything's possible now it's not just damien yeah. killing a nanny here and there like a sinister looking priest and a and a, and a um photographer it's like it's his mother always and the one like the one who's brought him up and a pregnant mother at that yeah so. and it's, it's the first time you actually see him do anything yeah as well and i think that it's there's a there's the combination of you know He's he's responsible for what he's he knows exactly what he's doing. He's elated on his way up to you know hit with his trike and everything. He's really to take, he's not even bothering to look at her. He's just staring at the floor like, yep, I know what I've got to do. She takes the tumble, and it's the look on his like Harvey Stevens, bless his little heart, looks so happy with himself yeah, and just runs and off. I think it's that. Yeah, and then he's just sort of runs off, and it's not like he's run off to get help. He's probably run off to go and play with some more toys. Because mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't know. Because I, f- I found everything about it quite interesting on a on a psychological level as well. Like you know, kids at that age, they're quite. If we're going to go with what Freud said, they've got the super ego. Mm-hmm. They're they're full of their own self importance. They have no idea about what it means to have to clean up or do stuff for other people. Imagine having a child that's in that stage of development where they're egotistical, all they care about is themselves, and they're the devil. <laughs> like, just as in, like, you know, because the devil's kind of pampered, he doesn't have to do anything. He's got his minions and his subordinates and everything. Yeah, he doesn't have to answer to anyone, like, apart from God, occasionally, when he steps out of line. You know, it's just, um, it's a really interesting concept. That, and that the fact that he's got these people that are just willing to die for mm-hmm. him. I, you know, like, even his his nanny. It's all for you, Damien. You know, like, you'd say that to a kid, like, oh, you know, I do everything for my kid. Everything I do is for it. It's just a lot of it kind of hit really close to just being human and loving your kid. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I like but about this film. I also go on the super ego. She doesn't always know how to clean up, for example, or put her toys away. But um, she certainly isn't the devil. She's a little demon at times, but that's what I liked about this film is everything you've just said so well. Uh, and the fact that, like you said, it's a, it's the human drama of it, the human side, which is what got the actors on board. It is that you don't see the devil, you don't see the demon, or anything stupid like that. You don't even see any kind of um, facial prosthetics or um, electronically enhanced devil voices. It's just mm. a mother, it's a husband and wife struggling to reconcile the fact that their child might not be what he seems. The child, at no point does he have like a demon face. He just is a child, as far as we know. 
and the uh, and like the servants of hell, like Mrs. Baylock, is just a woman. Obviously, the dogs yeah. get that. You get the link from the dogs, but for the rest of the time, it is just a human drama for like a psychological, hard hitting film, which is based around the humans, which is scarier at a lot. Yeah, and obviously, you get like the 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 zealots like Bugenhagen and that. You've got to use these knives, and this is where they're from, and going into all that kind yeah. of thing. And then he just takes them on his lap on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Like, how did he get these through customs? Okay, I guess in the seventies, but it's just like that bit on Kill Bill where she got a samurai sword on the plane, and I'm like, I suppose it's this, this Kill Bill. I'll allow that. But with this, I was like, no way. I don't care who he's the ambassador for. I've just got seven daggers of Megiddo on my lap, so let, let him pass. <laughs> let him pass in peace. Say that to all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> You want to see my dagger of Megiddo? Is that the seven dags of Megiddo in your pocket, or are you just bloody excited to see me? It, it, <laughs> it could, yeah, I, it's weird that you mentioned that, because I, I did think, how would you get that? And I honestly did. How would you get that on a long-distance flight? Seven knives. But I guess if you say they're religious importance, I guess you could say they're archaeological and historically uh, important. Get away with it. But then he puts yeah. them in his lap. Seven knives for seven brothers. Yeah, a new film. Yeah, or you, do, or you just say it's for your wife's anniversary. She really likes daggers. Who's going to say yeah. no to a loving husband? Yeah, he got them on the plane, which was uh, slightly odd. But in this day and age, you wouldn't get wouldn't get away with that. And you mentioned quite nicely now that Damien kind of started to tap into his powers, if you will, because he didn't really do much up until the time when he flings his mother off a balcony. Because before that, it is more him sensing things like his eyes, or when he goes to the cathedral, the church is when he starts to, and he goes wild in the back of the car. That's kind of the first yeah. realisation that from him of who he is. Obviously, when Mrs. Baylock does come in and says, you know, don't be afraid, whatever, he looks at her and smiles as if to say, I've been expecting you. Uh, but obviously that scene in the church, the famous church scene, is the kind of first sign that we get that he really isn't, he really is the devil himself and that church is uh guildford cathedral i've been to that church many times and i've uh in more so in the night time i did a pilgrimage with my mates because it's down but in woking just outside and um i drove up to it it is so cool just to drive towards it and see it like reenact that scene it's a lovely church and a lot actually a lot of the f- what, do you mean, what do you mean reenact the scene what were you just in the back seat going yeah. i got my mate to claw my face and that i put a wig on and- <laughs> Couple of me up and makes us stand outside and just watch, and just slam the car door and be like, "You're not See, coming to this wedding, drive with on. your little shit yeah. child." I get my brother who looked like Damien as a kid to sort of the claw me in the face. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Have you got that like weird leather handle in your car so you can? Yeah, like a testicle hanging down. Yeah, but what is that? He kept using it to be like, "I'm going to look. I'm going to look out of my elaborately long car, but I, <laughs> yeah. I need a looking handle." I'm going to grope this hand as I do it. Um, I don't know. I know I haven't got one of those. By reenact, I literally just mean driving in a straight line up to a building. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. A lot, a lot of the scenes actually were filmed in the. What could could is there any way that you could arrange a reenactment? Um, I could reenact it. Yeah, I'll just get on a blower, reenact it. You know, come guys. You know, get the boys back, get the band back together. Yeah, it would be like you know. Yeah, I think you definitely should. I think there should be. I think that should be somewhat. You should all have your characters, and um, is that the same church that he takes him into, like try and stab him? No, that, that was different. But I have been to that uh, church as well, been outside it. 
You've been to that church because as well. I was saying that a lot of this film was filmed in and around where I used to live, which is mad considering. Um, the you've got that church in Guildford. You've got um, mm-hmm. the Windsor Safari Park where the baboons go. Whoa, that's now Legoland down in, down there. <laughs> um, the the house they live in, the U.S. Ambassador's house, is in Perford, which is about four or five miles from where I used to live. Uh, the church where he tries to kill him is in Staines. Six or seven miles down the road, (laughs) and and the final shot when they're in a cemetery—that's Brookwood Cemetery in Woking. It's one of the biggest, largest cemeteries in Europe. I thought I recognised it when I watched it on Saturday, and I had to go back to verify it. So a lot of it is filmed in and around Woking and Surrey, where I come from. And so, um, some of the things like the church at the end—I haven't been to the church, but I've kind of like on on route to other places because I knew people who lived in in around that area before. I was like, oh, I'm going to drive past that church see if it's there, and it is still there. So I haven't been in it. I'm not that. I'm not that way inclined. But um, so I have seen a lot of these pla- these places. It's, and I've been to Windsor Safari Park before it closed in like '91 or something and became Legoland. Oh, well, that's you've you've lived you've lived the birthmark life, haven't that's you? My brother's fucking Damien. That's why. <laughs> do you want? Oh, do you want to know some Harvey Stevens trivia as well? Uh, yeah. Do you already know this Harvey Stevens trivia? I think so. But go on. That. Okay, so it's like a twofold thing. So apparently he got the part because he attacked the director. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> so the, the director was like, you know, come on, kid, show me what you got. Like, attack me. And apparently he just went straight for the knob. So <laughs> will work. He got like a like a full-on dick punch. And he was like, you're hired, kid. I like My your My job interview like, technique's gone, gone wrong then. Yeah, I know. I need to start doing this, don't I? Um, <laughs> and then a few years ago, he uh, proper punched out some cyclists. He fucking broke them. He's right. So these these cyclists were just like they were just riding like you know to abreast or whatever, which admittedly is a bit annoying when you're trying to like drive. But yeah, Mm -hmm. they they didn't get out of his way quick enough, so he like flipped him the bird, and then he pulled over, punched one of them, knocked him out, like proper attacked him, and then this other one was like, oh, you can't do that, and then apparently he was like, do you want some, do you? And then he. Full on, he punched this guy so bad that he had to have dental work done. Jesus! Obviously, got done for like um, not uh, GBH, ABH. Yeah, he got done for ABH, and then he was sentenced on Friday the thirteenth. No way! (laughs) It's true, blue man. It's true. Wait, can you imagine him seeing this guy coming in like? Please, Friday the 13th, now. <laughs> like, We've told those people they need to leave. <laughs> That's playing on the organ. I knew he'd been in trouble with the old Bill, but I didn't know he'd basically just <laughs> mauled people. Oh, mate, can you imagine? Him? Can you, it would have been great if he just stared at them and then oh. decapitated. I so hope that when they arrest him and put him in the cop car, they were like, where's your messiah now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Uh, yeah. Oh, if only, because he's not, he hasn't got a recognisable enough face for these people to be like, oh my God, it's that boy from the Omen, where are the seven daggers of Megiddo? But, the, um, but, if, but if you know it's him, you can see it's him. Uh, if you know it's him, you can see it's, it's him. It's the stupidest thing you've said in a long time. Uh, but yeah, you, once you know it's him, you're like, oh, I can see that now. Ask him ask, oh, well, Harvey Stevens, convicted, convicted, um, whatever, he, yeah, he's a speaker. criminal. Being the Antichrist, you know, it's got his downsides. <laughs> Can't get away with everything, can you? Oh, dear. I fought the cyclists and 
the the, the law one. The law one, yes. <laughs> yeah. right I thought the law offense. Well, yeah, the law one. You see, you say you say the Antichrist isn't uh, doesn't answer to anyone. He answers to the good old justice system of the United Kingdom. I've got to say as well. At one point, Robert Robert is wearing a sweet cardigan and he's rocking that cardigan. And I should know, I have one, and I look just as good in it. But I was like, I have that cardigan. He's literally walking towards the camera, like in full peck swag mode. It's like, you look the dumb. And then I was like, I got that cardigan. I don't quite look as, you know, much gravitas as, as Gregory Peck did. But uh, nice to see that my fashion is from 1976. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and they it's drink skull like, This has been quite a, like, a hard time for you, hasn't it, watching this film? <laughs> Yeah, everything about it's a lot of my realizations. Like, oh god, I've got that cardigan. I like his cardigan. It's nice cardigan. What you don't want to have is bloody Damien's suit when he goes to scare the giraffes. I was looking at thinking, what on earth have they put this kid in? Like, I'd push my mum off the balcony if you dress me like that. (laughs) 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 Sorry, mum. <laughs> I did dress in some cack as a kid. But yeah, like he had like fucking bell bottoms on, didn't he? <laughs> no, like, uh, it was like watching Bugsy Malone. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he have a hat on at some point during the film as yeah, well? Yeah, he had like he had like some kind of like Baker Boy hat on, you know? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, he, he, his fashion his mum. Bless her old Kathy. She she wasn't great in the fashion stakes. Unless it, but it oh, could have been Robert terrible. who dressed him, but he wasn't around very often. I don't think I, I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mrs. Somehow Baylock, I don't think it was. Oh, Mrs. Baylock would have just had him in like some kind of ceremonial garb. <laughs> she would have had him in a red a outfit with red horns yeah. with a tail. <laughs> just Halloween <laughs> costumes all the time. Let's see, <laughs> take this massive fork with you wherever you go. Nobody will think oh, it's weird. Um, so right, that's that's everything we liked, plus our own little fun stories. Was there anything else you liked before we move on to maybe what was a bit pap? Uh, I'm trying to think what else did I like. Uh, I liked obviously I liked Bugenhagen. Oh, we only mentioned Bugenhagen, yeah. Shout out to my main man Bugenhagen, <laughs> who oh, isn't Bugus, in the yeah. credits. He's, he's not. not he's in, in the, the second film though. No, really, I haven't seen any of the others. Have you not? Okay. Um, well, I don't think. Well, I won't say anything then. I watched this one on Saturday, and I've seen. I've got the the Omen trilogy DVD set, even though it's now apparently a quadrilogy because uh, yeah. it's like a, a made-for-TV film, which I started watching yesterday. And anyway, um, yeah, the, I don't actually mind the second film. I think it's all right, and the third film, I think even Sam Neill, who who stars in it, hates it. But I don't think it's that. To be honest, I don't think the trilogy Sam is Neill. that bad. Sam Neill what, plays grown-up Damien. Park? Yeah, yeah, he plays grown-up Damien. You're kidding. <laughs> oh, no, he is. Yeah, he is. It surprised me when I first saw it. I don't actually mind the trilogy. They get, you know, progressively worse. But one thing that is what I loved about it was you could tell that they were part, that it was three films of part of the same series. They're all made within about nine years of each other, give or take. And they all, like, stylistically in tone and the way they're shot and the locations and everything all look part of the same, I don't want to say franchise universe, but you know what I'm getting at. They all look like part of the same saga series. And I love that because so many films you get nowadays with different directors look like different films. This looks like the same, like one linear story. And then I started to watch Omen 4 and I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? 
but I didn't get to finish it. But I do want to finish watching it, even though it is pretty much just a gender gender flipped version of the first film. Um, I think it's like a Canadian made for TV film, but hell, it's <laughs> it's awful. But I want to watch it to fit the end of it. So I won't go into what happens in the second or third film, just in case you ever want to watch it or we do it on the show. But uh, yeah, Bob Bo- Bo- Boogers is in the second film. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad. he. I didn't think that he got enough. You know, we spent the whole time looking for Bugenhagen. <laughs> and they found him and 20 seconds later, he's done with. That that bit, I used to have to rewind that bit when he first Just because he wanted to get more Bugenhagen? Just because of the way that he says, you must find Bugenhagen. And it's the way that he <laughs> says it. It just cracks me up. He doesn't say it like that again. doesn't put the same inflection on Bugenhagen. No, yeah, he put a lot of emphasis on the first time, the first guy who said it, but yeah, after that, it's just a normal name, isn't it? Which is a bit disappointing. Bugenhagen? <laughs> That's how I'd say it, you know, Bugenhagen, that is how the old dolls. Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen, dash? Yeah, yeah, that's that's obviously when he's got Robert, this is this is Robert post Kathy death, pre Jennings death, and he's like, I'm not going to kill my own, I'm not going to kill a boy, you know, I'm not going to kill. This, even though he said, "I want Damien to die," he then says, "You know, he kind of says, I 'I'm not going to kill him.'" And that's, and I yeah, believe that's, just, that's uh, when he throws the knives away, and obviously Jennings gets locked, his life locked. Yeah, he's kind of just like, "I just want some illness to befall him. I, I don't <laughs> actually want to have to kill him." Yeah, I don't um, want to do the work. But he's going, "Come on, Bugenhagen. I do it. What I can't do, do it. <laughs> get to the chopper. You've got to get better at this." Yeah, it's not a tumor. Who is your daddy and what does he do? That's how they say in Italy. It is, it is. Who's that is a crazy but who is your daddy? What does he do? He's a devil, isn't he? Yeah, so what is that? That was what... So this is the bit that I guess it now segues nicely into the bits that we didn't like. Here we what go. What is his mum? What's his mum? Is his mum a dog? And I'm... That's right, that's right, because he goes, she was a jack! And yeah, the guy cuts in, yeah, yeah. What so? What's a jackal? So when the dog walked in and was like, "I'm pregnant," did they not just think to burn it? Well, see, yeah. When the dog walked in, it went, "Oh God, my waters are broke." I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Emergency. <laughs> yeah, you'd, 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 this is one time, and I'd be like, "Yeah, oh, put the dog I'm down." Gonna have litter. I'm going to have a litter. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And Damien was just a runt who happened to be the antichrist. The dad just slept off, and she's like, "You bastard!" Yeah, the bastard couldn't be here for the birth. I don't. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. The mother is yeah because in the mother's grave is yeah the jackal bones. A jackal's like a so hound of hell, isn't it? Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Literally, it is a, it's very clever as well. Yeah, so, yeah. No, you're you're right. His mother was a jackal, and his governor, his father, was. The devil, so the devil and the jackal one night after a few martinis. So that's that's that cleared that up. Sorry, yeah, yeah. This is like a total Ross and Rachel moment, isn't it? Like, do you think that they this has been going on for a while between the devil and the jackal? Yeah, and yeah, I think it's a one night stand. Do you reckon so? That's why the devil wasn't at the buff. Is this is this just like London all over again? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a brand new information. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that's also, it's also like a bit of a piss take that then like to God as well that they sent this prego dog to a Catholic hospital in Rome. Yeah, in Rome, um, on the sixth day of the sixth month at six a.m. is where they can't help when it's born. But yeah, so that's why they burnt everyone. 
that's why they burnt everyone because everyone at the hospital would have been like, did you just see that dog give birth to a human boy with a full yeah, head of hair? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mental. Yep, yeah. I just I just assumed yeah they did that obviously to burn all evidence because they even say it's it, the fire started in the records room. Yeah, it always does though, doesn't it? They always do that. Talk, went up, went up, went up, in went up like a talk. That's it. Yeah, it went woof. I've made myself laugh. The content on this show gets better and better each week. I know you agree with us. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would. Um, so <laughs> you keep saying things like biscotti and mamados. <laughs> I hope people get no, these yeah. references. They don't. They don't. <laughs> it's, I the funny thing is, we're not even on a podcast. I'm just a figment of Elizabeth's imagination. I'm not even here now. She's just talking to herself. <laughs> this is just my mental illness, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm the manifestation of it. So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so jackal. So the idea of. Uh, a jackal and a devil being the kids' parents. To be honest, surprisingly, doesn't actually bother me whatsoever. No, it doesn't me. I think if I'd found out that it was a woman who'd had sex with a dog, that would be more like. But that would be more like, oh yeah, like the devils like made her mm-hmm. have some kind of weird bestiality, you know, like Ugh, what a horrible of hell. Thing. Yeah. yeah, like what a horrible thing to have happen to you. But it would no, also explain the. The dogs, I mean, we know why the dogs were there, but it would also kind of link in with those dogs as well to think that, you know, one of those Rottweiler hounds of hell not not could be responsible, but is you know, that, that it would link into to why they're there because, you know, one of their kind did partly responsible. What, so one of them's like, it's like his aunt or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Uncle Rex over there. God, fuck the family reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be really boring. All the dogs on one side, all the parents on the other. It'd be great. See, I thought I thought that was a bit naff just because it didn't really fully explain that. I would have liked that to have just been explained just a little bit more. And also the fact that obviously Damien's kind of targeting the mum because she could potentially produce a legitimate heir to the political... Mm-hmm royalties that he's going to cash in on (laughs) but it (laughs) seemed to say like that was always he was always his plan anyway to have them both just go mental but like not arouse any suspicion on his part Mm -hmm. like so then he'd go and live with the president i'm assuming that's that's what he wants yeah yeah because he's going to take that he was they said you know the antichrist will rise through the world of politics obviously to then have at the end when he's with the president which which they say, which they mentioned a few times that Robert Thorne is friends with the president. You know they are, well, they go they go way back, um, and obviously now to have, now to know that the most powerful man in the world is bringing up or is is in care of the Antichrist, who's going to rise through the world of politics. It's like that kind of big up slap in the face at the end of the film. So you think this is just the origin story of Donald Trump? <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Glad we've established that. <laughs> yes, except I think I prefer Damien. Yeah, he's got nicer hair. Yeah, um, yes, he does. Yeah. He probably knows where uh, Kansas is. Fun trivia. Fun trivia. Harvey Stevens had really blonde hair and they had to dye it black because they were like, oh, blonde isn't scary. It's angelic, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. You know an awful lot about him. I like to think that you're not even Googling this. You just know this. Yeah, I just know this. I've, I've got trivia coming out of my ass. Especially when it comes to Harvey Stevens. Especially, I've, so yes, I've got an extent. He's my master, what is it, mastermind 
He's my <laughs> yeah. like he's my specialist subject. <laughs> um, Harvey Stevens, like um, uh, was it one we've film? Got, we've got uh, one question. Uh, Which film was he in? <laughs> what was the name I'm of the like, cyclist he absolutely nearly killed? Uh, he was in uh, he was in uh, Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Um, Daniel. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's a good little point. No, I love these little trivia points. Keep them coming. Every show, I just want weird trivia. Under pressure. <laughs> um, what other enough bits can, were there? If anyone there? can do it, you can do it. I'm trying to think of what the other enough bits were, and I can't. Um, um I guess we've mentioned not, the priest as well. <laughs> they, no, they were some. A lot of it actually was visually yeah. for me. We mentioned Father Brennan, like the weird priest. I think he was too too wild. I get that he's trying to um, put across the importance that your son is the like, the embodiment of the devil. You need to listen to me, but I think he was like too crazy, too sinister looking, too crazy, to the point where you don't blame Robert for, Robert Thorne for basically saying, "Just get the fuck away from me." Well, the reason that he looks the way that he does is because he sees that jackal giving birth. He was at the birth, remember? He's oh yes, only... and he's also extremely ill as well. But uh, yeah. he's, uh, he's got cancer, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's got cancer. He knows that he's going to go to hell because he helped bring the devil into the world murdered mm-hmm. someone else's kid he's Fair actually, enough, he he's actually a paddy. yeah I'm glad he looks like shit <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he got that spire through the face <laughs> oh, he deserved it but yeah no he's he he's the only person to have seen that birth that still has both of his eyes intact as well and then by the, the end guy, of it he had his eye melted out didn't he oh yeah um I can't think of his name now. Yeah, the one who actually, at the beginning, was basically bargaining, like, come on, yeah, come on, no, no, we could take this so, kid. So funny, because he was like, oh, he, he worked here, he's tall, he had piercing eyes, and she's like, oh, yes, I know who he is. And then you go and see him, and he's like, rah! And he's he's got, like, like, got no eyes. Like, like, oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely think it was him, based on that statement, yeah. Yeah, you'd just be like, well, uh, did, sir, did, did you have piercing eyes at one point? Yeah. Did, <laughs> did write it with this charcoal. That's it. Because oh, he wrote something as like, it's literally not legible, but somehow he works it out. Um, yeah. I, and, I, and then he died. Yeah. And then he, writing, he kind of writes it and then dies. Oh, I thought he just sort of like just went back into like being catatonic. I thought, I thought he, just he died. Into... Oh God, who knows at this point? No, yeah, <laughs> I got. I took from it that he basically died, whether through natural causes or through uh, other persuasions, unnatural persuasions. But I was like, oh, we managed to get that he's stay alive just long enough for Robert Thorne to find him and then die. But that, that's what I took from it. There wasn't really many moments in this film which I generally thought were. Like arse. Like I said, there were many yeah. moments of dialogue which were naff. Visually, some parts were a bit iffy. Again, could we put that down to the time at the time when this film was released, or was it just you know filmed badly? Who knows? Because for the most part, it was really good. I like that they handled like the unbelievable story believably. I think that was a massive plus for the film because if I hadn't have done that well, it would have clanged. Yeah, I think just for me that the, the naff parts were the fact that. You know, you've, you've, and maybe that's you know symptomatic of the time. But you've got a husband and wife that don't talk to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 
spoiler alert for the next podcast, but there are a lot of similarities between this film and the film that we're going to do next. And mm-hmm. it's, it seems to just be this thing where if you've got like a haunted kid, you just have really shit communication in a, in a marriage way. You've apparently been together for like 15 years or whatever. You can have all these bloody windy walks on Hampstead Heath and be all like, la, 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 la. But then it's like... Bonking in the front room. Yeah, and shagging on the mink coat. But um, (laughs) when it comes to actually discussing the really important stuff, like, is our son mental? It's just... All he seems to be able to do is just hold her and go, Kathy, I love you. I (laughs) love you. (laughs) I'm here now. Kathy, let me help you. With his Superman cape on, his pants over his trousers. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe is that. It, I would. I, I was going to say, is that also systematic at the time? But you've just mentioned maybe it isn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it was like you know, just in seventy six, it was quite normal for you to keep the fact that your kid isn't your kid from your wife. And I, I like the storyline, but yeah, I guess. My, uh, I can't um, him feeling more guilt over he didn't seem to feel guilty over it whatsoever he was very happy to go along with the masquerade and again there was good story elements there where as she was finding out as Kathy was finding out this is too, you know, this isn't my son would have been great to juxtapose that with Robert you know the guilt really rising of him trying his hardest to you know, convince her rather than just being like you've just said, Kathy, I love you. But you know, have the two face off against each other in that like the guilt versus the sort of the the um the knowledge that's rising inside of her. I think that could have been quite good as well. So whilst yeah. I like the um premise, I love the premise in fact, I guess they could have played on it a bit more, but then what would they have sacrificed instead of that, or would they have made the film longer to get it in there? Yeah, and I think as well the whole point of the of the mum, I guess, is that she she's kind of playing this role, and she's not. Um, I think probably for the time, I mean, the fact that they they have a nanny, and she doesn't really seem to, you know, and then she's like, get him out of here, I don't want him in here anymore, and stuff. I think that was probably more shocking to audiences back then. The fact that she's she's abandoning her maternal responsibility because mm-hmm. she because she kind of know, and I. Again, it's like I almost feel like there was a lot that went unexplained in the sense of she clearly didn't want to have an abortion. Damien just made her think that she couldn't handle another kid. Mm-hmm. Do you? And it's like that there was something more at play there where he he personally kind of targeted the mum but left the dad completely unaware. So I think he wanted the dad to think the mum was nuts, but it obviously didn't quite transpire that way. Well, also the dad was in on the act essentially as well yeah he's just as he's just as culpable as yeah i suppose there's that as well like he probably didn't want to have the kid going through a load of medical examinations because they might have accidentally done a dna test yeah and be like hmm this is this 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 is satanic blood yeah i mean i'm a hundred percent a devil child yeah there's (laughs) traces of dog in your blood yeah i guess with the mum gone with with the mum with the mummy gone then like the, the, obviously Gregory Peckscat, Robert Thorne isn't going to suddenly out his son as not being his after the world believes it is. So obviously the mum's, she, she's not in on that. So there's a chance she'll find out. So getting her out of the picture uh, paves the way then for Robert's guilt can then kind of subside then. He's he's in the know. Nobody knows the lie. 
And um, for Damien, he's basically like, right, you know, this we're we're on the same level here because he's going to he must know surely that his dad was part of this. And so they're kind of both playing off each other. And the end game for Damien is the further up the ranks his father goes, further up the ranks in politics he goes, and the grand plan, the end game comes to fruition. Yeah. The other thing that I did, I, I couldn't understand, or maybe I just missed part of it, was I thought it was, I don't know if this is just I didn't follow the film right, but how come the police are there? Do they, does he kick up a fuss? In front of some policemen or something at the end. Mm. Um, well, he speeds that he speeds out of his house like, like hundred miles, oh. an hour, eighty miles an hour, and obviously he's got a security presence at the house. And they then they see him and they're like, um, "Follow this car, U.S. ambassador. This is a registration." Yeah, it's because he absolutely just motors out of the gate, and that's how that's how they find him and follow him. How he doesn't know they're behind him, or maybe he does. And I, but by the time by the end of the film, and I was going to mention actually, I love the end of this film. The fact that he's gone so far gone that he is willing to stab his a a six year old boy seven times uh, at the altar of God in a church. You can tell in his eyes that he's absolutely gone, Robert Thorne. Um, and the, yeah, the police are chasing him, but I think he's literally in another zone. He doesn't get, he doesn't even know they're there. And the way that the final shot is framed, where he's bringing the knife down, and then you see the bullet come out of the gun at the barrel of the gun. And it's only at the end you see the two coffins. And I, are you meant to believe that's Damien and uh, Robert, or Damien, uh, Robert and his wife? And then you get the reveal, obviously, that it's that Damien just turns around and grins at the camera. But yeah, they, they, the police are there because he absolutely hightails it through the gate. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. No, that that's fine then. I, as I say, I, there wasn't much about this film. Like, I think we probably ripped Jeepers Creepers apart a lot more than we ripped this film apart, and that's why this is a classic. And Jeepers Creepers. Is just a classic for me. <laughs> yeah, it's the first film that scared her, guys. <laughs> you didn't know that. I didn't, and I'm so surprised. Yeah, and it's not not because this film is a quote-unquote classic, because there will be people out there who don't like it. Um, not many, but from what we're going to get into. But uh, there will be people who don't like this film, but it is a classic, and we don't not dump on it because of that reason. There are probably films... Well, I mean, Halloween is a classic, but we, we spent time crapping on that as well, because it's not. we don't think it's as good as other people maybe do, or as scary as other people do. But um, The Omen, yeah, it's, it's just a good film, isn't it? It's not the greatest horror film in the world, but it's it's, it's just a bloody good film. Act, the yeah. acting's great, the score's great. For the most part, it looks great. The story's very good, it ends well. Solid uh, moments throughout. Can't really argue with that, mate. No, no, it's it's all round. Um, you get six out of six. Oh, can I, uh, okay. we've got another six in there somewhere. Um. It gets six point six out. Oh, that don't work. Six out of six point six. Yeah. How many nipples does a dog have? Is the weirdest question I've been asked. <laughs> Is it six? Um, I don't really want to Google it because I hate those kind of images. But I, I, I let's just say, yeah. I can't because I'm on my work laptop and I've already been Googling, like, best deaths in horror. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> um, I I think it is. It's something like that. It's six or eight. No, there's no pictures. It just it's come up with this massive thing that just says, females have four to five pairs of teats. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, ah! Um, see what I mean? It's just, that's, that's eight or ten. Oh, good maths that was, by the way. 
eight or ten. Okay, yeah. So, so four had... pairs would be eight, yeah. So All if right. it had if it only had six nipples, then that'd be a bit it'd be a bit gammy, wouldn't it? Yeah. So yeah, dogs have eight or ten nipples. Unfortunately, the six joke doesn't work there. But yeah, six out of six. Um, all right. We'll, we'll, in in we'll the films we've done so far, right? again, without listing them, top, middle, or bottom tier. Mm, middle. Middle tier. Oh, uh, I'm going to put it in the kind of top bracket. This is our this is our tenth film we've done, so I'd put it in the top. I guess yeah. We're actually saying that. You'd have one to three would be top tier, four to maybe six or seven is middle, and eight to ten will be your bottom. This Ooh, one's I'd... going at number six. Oh, oh <laughs> there's your extra six. Six out of six. Yeah. I'd shove it. I'll, in that case, I'd put like for your, um, top, a top tier, you know, around about the third or fourth uh, place because there are a couple of films which I did just enjoy more. But this film is a classic for a reason. And as we always do on D. BP. That's Death by Pod for those not in the know. We um we ask you guys on social media, what did you think about it? So we put out some polls as we do and asked what you guys thought of The Omen. So on Twitter, 93% of people liked it and 7% didn't. But on Instagram, 100% of you were fans. Pretty, uh, that's it, isn't it? 100%, you can't really argue with that. 66.6% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> yeah. Sex Panther. Is it Sex Panther? It is Sex Panther. It is Sex Panther. Yeah, You're correct. I would <laughs> like some of that. Pretty much everybody, apart from a couple of people, weren't fans of this film. That's what we're saying, is that this is the kind of film where I can see why people wouldn't like it, if you put pretty much, but it's such a well-made film, and there's so many elements work that I can see why the vast majority of people liked it. And we got a couple of comments as well from those who did like it. We did. We got a comment from Dimitri Vlad138. And he said, exquisite film, one of my favourites since I was a kid, just like little Damien Fawn. Is that your brother? No, it's not. He's a he's top man though, Dimitri Vlad is. So you've got, you've got someone else who was also just like Damien Fawn. Yep, I, I, he was on Instagram. And I did ask him if he was any kind of, you know, did 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 he did he did he turn out like Damon? He said no. So, but he's a big fan of this film. Um, superhero polls on Twitter have been good, uh, great supporters of the show. So, thank you for your shares and retweets and all that. They said it's excellent. And Kelly Houston, she said it's better than the remake. Classic horror, slow and steady. And I haven't admitted any comments from people who didn't like the film because we didn't get any. So, everybody who commented liked the film. So that's for me. You know, uh, that says it all. You know, definitively. This is a film classic for a reason because it's held up by fans of the genre as a classic. Yeah, absolutely wonderful film. Yeah, there we go, fan of the fan of the genre. Bloggy Balboa said it there. So as we as we always end up on Death by Pod, we're going to play a little game. And in the past, we've had such fantastic games as Hum the Horror Theme or Describe a Movie Plot Badly. Tonight we are playing. How did they die? Bloggy's come up with this game. What's the rules, mate? Okay, so uh, we've got to say a movie death, like a a character in a horror film. We've got to say who they are, and then the other one has to say how they died. Quite simple, really. I got the inspo from a Charmed episode where all the horror characters out of the movies come back, and then they have to kill them based on how they died in the film. 
quite a good idea for a show, for a uh, for an episode. The only caveat is if we haven't seen the film, we're buggered. But still, we can have yeah. a good guess. We can have a good guess, can't we? Damn right. I've I've got a. I think I've got a. I've I've got tears. I've got an easy, intermediate, and a hard answer. Yeah, I've kind of gone. I've kind of gone. Yeah, I think we should be allowed to give each other clues if we know the film, but we're not one hundred percent sure of the character. Yep, and Mate. I think if we haven't seen the film, we can give some kind of hints and nods as well. Yeah. If you haven't seen the film, you get two guesses. If you have seen it, you still get one guess, even with the clues. Yeah, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. Uh, ladies first, so Bloggy, you, uh, who's your first character? Which one do you want first? Do you want to do you want to go like go hard or go home, or do you want to go? Oh, um, I think I'm going to build up the confidence and go easy. I'm going to go easy. I'm trying to think which one of these is going to be. It's only easy if you know it. It's only easy if you know it. Okay, we're going to go Silent Hill. And we're going to go mm-hmm. Christabella. Christabella. Christabella um, from Silent Hill. Uh, didn't she get... Uh, didn't she get attacked or tied up by barbed wire? And have yes. barbed wire up the genitals? She got barbed wire up the chuff and then she got torn open from the inside. <laughs> that's it. Down the person. Yes. So, yes. I'll ch- <laughs> yes, it. I'll chuff wire did the jobby. Oh, great. I'm glad I've seen Silent Hill. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Within the next few weeks and months, Silent Hill's one of the films we're going to be talking about. So, we can Woo! talk all about chuff death. Chuffy. So, you, for blogging all bow bower, would you like to go top, middle, bottom, easy, medium, or hard? Give, give us an easy one. All right, uh, The Shining yep. and Dick Halloran. Oh, he gets an axe in the back. Yes, he does. Claxon. <laughs> I love listening back to the Claxon because it makes no sense in any context. I've never heard me make that noise before either. And for those who listen to the show, you probably have been, that, that show would have been just as mystified as me where at the end of a sentence, <laughs> which had no reason for you to make that noise, you did. Oh God, it's funny, isn't it? We, we have a laugh, don't we? Yeah, we have fun, don't we? Sense. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> if you don't enjoy what you do, what's the point? Exactly. So, go on, number two. So, we get one, one each. Number two. What's your number two? My number two. Mm. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it is Jason X. Oh. And Adrian. Adrienne. I have seen Jason X, but this is like when I was like fifteen. Um, does she get uh, gar- uh, stabbed with a machete? No, oh. she doesn't. Go on. She gets her face dumped in liquid nitrogen and smashed on the counter like an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an inventive way to kill someone. Like a Fabergé like, egg. It is. It's really brutal because she's like all little and blonde, and then he just goes like boosh, doosh, nasty in your face, oh boosh, and then like her 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 head just explodes. I didn't know he turned into Jason Statham when he talked. He he does. Boosh, bash, ooh, how's your face? <laughs> <laughs> Get your laughing gear around that. Um, okay, no klaxon. Sorry, guys. Um, hopefully, we can Aww. have another one though. So I'll go for the. Maybe easier one. Uh, right. Um, Aliens, the second film, Aliens. And yep. the character of Hudson. 
Ah, oh, fuck, which one's he? He... Good looking one. <laughs> Is he Kyle Reese from Terminator? He's the one who says, It's game over, man! Game over! Um, he gets eaten by an alien. It's incorrect. Oh, what happens to him? He gets dragged through a floor by an alien, but then the uh, but then the ship the um, the atmosphere processor on the ship explodes, and that's what kills him. <gasps> oh yes. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, no. No Claxon. No. No Claxon. That, that's brilliant. Though. I just picked it because he had my name. <laughs> 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 this bloggy came up with the idea as of recording it was yesterday and I only th- remembered today that I had to do it and I was like Christ so Hudson yes he'll do Christ I remembered five minutes before the bloody podcast was due to start that's why I was three minutes late well thanks mate I, d- I thought Sorry. I just thought it was because you were getting so excited that <laughs> you were late right last one here mate who's your last one my last one is Troll 2 oh and the character is Arnold. I haven't seen Troll 2. So Arnold. So I get two guesses. Oh, Arnold. I it's going to be a little bit difficult to get this one. <laughs> um, all right, then. Let's have, let's have, let's have a clue, then. Um, uh, it, it involves uh, some... Like a power tool. Does he get? Does he get both his eyes drilled out? It's more like a, t- a Texas power tool. Oh, um... A Texas power tool massacre. Does he get uh, lopped in half by a chainsaw? Yeah, yeah. He he gets turned into a tree. Oh. And then hacked to bits with a chainsaw, but... It's, it's an abstract one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of half right. Half a klaxon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one. I need to watch Troll Two then. Uh you don't. You just need to watch the best bits on on YouTube. YouTube. What you what you should watch is you should watch the documentary about Troll Two. Yeah. But you don't need to watch the film. You just need to watch the documentary, and it will change your fucking life. <laughs> is that better than the filming? It kind of is, yeah. But it's also a little bit depressing just because uh. some of these people like are obviously mental. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll watch it when I'm feeling down then. So, third and final one. So, so far the scores are one and a half Klaxon to one. Klaxon. Okay. So, for you to to, uh, to save face and to not lose to this absolute loser. The film is annoying because you may not have seen it and I may have gone too hard here, but it is Inside, French film. All right. It is the character of Sarah. She... I haven't seen it. Um, Do you want a clue? I'd, I would love a clue. Right. So the there is a... Oh, how can I... Uh, she, a woman's broken into her house. A woman's broken into the house and she wants something inside of her. Oh, she's raped to death. Nope, but you do get one more chance. You said they're really excited as well, but... Um, <laughs> Lustfully, not oh, any answer. We get one more guess. So, woman, she wants something inside of her, um, and she has to get out of her. In, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I thought you meant she wants something oh, I see, inside yeah. her. Sorry, <laughs> it was just the way so your mind goes. <laughs> um, 
She gets her heart ripped out. Oh, well, the actual answer is she gets cut open by a pair of scissors and the woman removes her um, baby from within her stomach. Really? So she gets something, but it's based on a true story. So something gets removed from her. So what do no, you think? No, it's not. 100%. It's like it happened in the United States. So she just, yeah, she just takes she takes her baby out of her womb. So what are you thinking? So you said she takes her heart out, and this one is she takes her baby out. What are you thinking? Close enough? No. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> okay, so no klaxon. I think we should have no a sad klaxon. Um... <laughs> but now I want to hear that as well. The sad klaxon. One and a half points to moi. One point to Bloggy. Thank you for playing, guys. And I ho- and if you guys out there were listening, did you guys get any of those answers? And did our clues help you at all, or did you put us to shame? I think you may have done. I think they probably did. Yeah, I don't. Probably... I don't think that we should do this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're just showing ourselves up. We are, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though isn't it um it is. so that is that then the omen so one last time uh bloggy omen thumbs up thumbs down oh uh, i guess it gets um six thumbs up from me i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna keep, i'm gonna keep making that joke <laughs> it just throughout the whole run of the podcast the yeah, six it gets six thumbs up from me as well um so next week or next up we are going to be talking about the prodigy uh, and I'm looking very much looking forward to talking about pretty, that film. Pretty much the omen. Just modern. Just saying. Just yeah, saying. It is. So uh, if, if what we'll do is we'll just, I'll we'll reuse this podcast, but I'll just have us saying The Prodigy and just use that instead. And I, and, oh, okay, I'm not going to spoil it. No. no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Prodigy is going to be the next show. So if you've seen it and you like it, you don't like it, let us know ahead of time, but we will be asking you on the old socials as well. But that is that for this episode of Death by Pod. Blog and all, as ever, thank you very much for coming on and talking some horror. Thank you very much for having me and putting up with my rambling shit. For... Huh? <laughs> In your screaming of rape, but it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure yeah. every week. <laughs> um, if the world wants to find you and hear of more of your ramblings or read them, where can they? You can find me at Blog and Hagen on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Bloggy Balboa uh, everywhere with an at. Just everywhere in the world. Just everywhere in the world. Blog and Hagen's going to become your new thing now. Blog and Hagen. For me, 100%. anyway. Absolutely. If you want to find me, it's not Blog and Hagen. What I watch tonight.co.uk. Uh, across the socials just search for what I watch tonight to find me uh, if you want to follow the show which is where the fun really is at follow at death by pod on twitter and on instagram for the polls for the questions for the funny pictures for the memes for the pictures of blogging what if you come to see we can give it to you but yeah until next time though when we're talking the pro- and me when we're talking the project next time that was the omen this was me from next time until next time see ya and from Bloggenhagen. Book and bye. <laughs> <laughs>